Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of all marketing school certification. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing, and share their stories via outstanding content. Hello team and welcome back to the Make an Impact Show. This week I am very pumped. I'm pumped because this week we are going to be talking to an amazing Creative Impact Awards judge for this year, the bubbly Donna Noble. I love talking to Donna and every single time we chat, we have so much fun. So I was so grateful to be able to talk to her about so many things, by the way. And if you don't know Donna yet, then you definitely should. And if you want to get to know Donna a bit more, I also would recommend to go to creativeimpact.group slash awards. You can find out more about this year as awards, but also you can find out more about our awards event and our online gala, which will have, obviously will be online this year because of everything that's going on in the world. We're still keeping it online and you can also meet Don in one of our panels. So I would recommend you checking it out, creativeimpact.group slash awards. But again, if you do not know Donna yet, Donna Noble is a yoga teacher, a body positive writer, and also author and social justice advocate. And in our discussion, we explore ways to making yoga and well-being accessible, inclusive for everyone. Because her mission is to evolve the image of yoga and wellness to make it more diverse and inclusive. She creates safe, judgment-free spaces where everybody will feel welcome to enjoy the transformational benefits of yoga, regardless of their shape, size, gender, ethnicity, or ability. I genuinely want you to listen up and soak into all the goodness that you'll get from this show. And please make sure that you share the love with Donna as well on social. Once again, if you want to find out more about Donna, our judges, the shortlisted, and even our online gala, go to creativeimpact.group slash words to find out what's coming up and join us. We're on, we're live, we're, we're ready, we're ready for the, for the swear check. Now that we talked about it, now that Donna, you mentioned it, now all I can think about is just saying shit. So I'm just going to say, there you go. I said the first swear word. It's out. Guys, the life of a yogi, I love what you said as well. Like uh, you were saying like, you know, I'm a yogi, I swear. And I think it's one of those things as well. Like whoever we are, there's, we're so much more than what the stereotypes are. Exactly. 
somewhere in planet. Before we talk about that, though, we want to get all our lovely listeners to get to know you a bit more. So now that we pique their interest, I have three questions for you, Donna, just to get us started. And we're ready. And we're already jiggling. Like if anybody sees bits of the video, there's going to be a lot of jiggles today. <laughs> jiggles. <laughs> the first question that I have for you, okay. Donna, is what is the first job you had and what did you learn from it? The first job that I had, actually, I'm going, you, that is a very good question. You're making me go way, 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 way back. I've had quite a few, but I think there was one job I had, actually. A friend got it for me and um, the, was, a, was actually working in a, com- a, a company where we had to pick up the seeds for grapes. What? Yeah, literally. It was a food, a catering company. And I sat in one, I'd go to, the, I can't remember where it was now. And we actually had to de-seed grapes. Didn't last for very long, but yep, literally that's what I did. My first jobs to earn a bit of extra money on a Saturday. Can I ask you before I ask you actually what you learned from it? Well, just one question, just backtracking, because I did a bit of, um, I'll call it farm work. I worked, I worked like picking up pears, which is equally as exciting. Yeah. How do you de-seed a grape? So you cut it and then take the seeds out? Yeah, exactly that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Can you think of what it taught you aside from it, the fact? It, it that taught me that I didn't want to be in catering. <laughs> Don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, it was. It taught me that was one arena I, did, I didn't want to be in anyway. So, yeah, and, and patience. So I did it for a while, actually, until I was able to get another job and move on. So I actually waited, loved the money. And, and moved on from there. But I forgot that. That was deepest, darkest. My, my, I brought have to put that in there as well. <laughs> I love that. To be honest, like I was thinking actually, because obviously it wasn't catering for me, it was just picking up the pears. Mm-hmm. But even just that, because it was quite a, a monotonous type of job mm-hmm. and also under the sun, definitely told me about patience. So I know what you mean. Like, like these little things, especially with this, the repetition, it taught you a lot about, oh, actually, you could even gauge that's a level of mindfulness in itself exactly actually now look at so maybe there was that was the path but I didn't even realize it (laughs) see you can now say the origins was a grape (laughs) of that I absolutely love that second question we're gonna now I'm gonna take us closer to today okay so I'm gonna go at the last six months so that's easy yeah so what is the best investment of a hundred pounds or less that you made in the last six months if it's not something that you paid for, then it's totally fine. But if it's something that you paid for, uh, then a hundred pounds or less. Gosh, I haven't spent a lot of money in the last six months actually with what's been going on. But um, God, one of the best things that I've got for free though, that would have a yoga wheel. I love yoga wheels. Can you tell us, like if people don't know, kind of probably they figure out what they are, but if they don't know how they can use them, how would you say it's a good yeah. way? To- well, it's a wheel, basically, a circular wheel. And I actually, use it to balance on so I actually do like tree pose where you balance on one leg so I I if you if you look on my Instagram page you'll see me invariably on a yoga wheel on one leg balancing and um so that again and um and I actually have done some yoga workshops where I've utilized it as well so I've shown other people how to use a yoga wheel because a lot of people have got yoga wheels or received yoga wheels for presents and never known how to use them a yoga wheel you can just lounge against it and it opens up your back um, but there's there's so many uses for it. So one of the best things I've, I love the yoga world. I recommend it's a, an awesome prop in yoga, but not many people know how to utilize it. But yeah, that's that I say one of the best things that I've 
yeah, would have invested in if I had to buy it myself, but someone gifted it to me. So it was amazing. I've got three, so you can tell how much I love them. <laughs> also, it's like they almost the universe wanted to invest in you by giving you a little yoga wheel. And I really yeah, like indeed, it. indeed, indeed. And it's, and it's a wheel that I wanted. It was a, it's one of the original ones. So you could you get different ones, like, you know, but this is an original, original one that's going to last forever. And you can see, you know, the workmanship in it. So it's amazing. So, yeah, one of the best things ever, I think, for that. Amazing. I'm going to show that I find in the show notes maybe a couple of links to some good Google wheels because I think everybody's going to be like, I want one. The last question, that's probably the quick fire one, I would say. Okay. Uh, Donna, a trivia category that you'd be really good at mm-hmm. and why? A trivia category that I'd be really good at? I think sports, maybe. By the way, sorry, I want to say you can even create your own one. So you're I gonna my one. Donna Noble and yoga. <laughs> That is niche. <laughs> and also, if I were to be cheeky, I could. There's a character called Don, Donna Noble, as well, played by Catherine Tate. But I don't. Doctor Who. Yes. 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 So a little bit. I know a little bit about her because I get everyone's like, "Are you not Donna Noble?" The <laughs> character. And I'm like, "No, I'm the original Donna Noble." Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, I didn't spend a lot of time in the TARDIS. Thank you very much. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I, you know, oh, what's the word when the doctors? No, because I was the assistant. I'm the doctor because the doctors regenerate, don't they? So the assistants don't. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe that you consider me as a doctor. Maybe it's a thing. I will. I would definitely put yourself forward to that. With you will. Yeah, because the, the current doctor's a woman, so girl power. <laughs> yeah, so you know, girl power, love that. Um, well, thank you so much for playing as well. So we kind of went a bit everywhere in all different places, in all different times, just like the doctor again. So yeah. I think Now, I wanted to ask you again, going back to what we were talking about when we talked about swearing, yeah. um, again, and what you said right before we went on about obviously, you know, the element of being a yogi, and that's a big part of what you talk about, and, and also how you support people as well. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if we can go back into that conversation, which I'm sure also touch on the book that you're working on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some preconceptions about what we are supposed to look like or to be, or, and I know that it's something that you've been talking about for so long and it's a big part of who you are and the brands that you're building as well. Yeah. And I was wondering, how have you seen in the past year and a half, the shift happening when it comes to this conversation? What, I'm going to ask you quite a hard question, what has improved mm-hmm. and what do you think there's still a lot to work on? Okay, what's improved? I think the visibility of teachers of colour has increased. I think still got a long way to go, but it's a lot more now, especially in the the UK. There's a lot more of us that are making ourselves visible and that there are brands that are willing to work with me to to share my voice and to diversify their their offerings. That's changed in that respect as well. But it's quite funny because it's a year since it Blackout Tuesday, isn't it? where the internet put black squares up. And a lot of that for me, Fab, was performative because the year on, it's almost like tumbleweed. <laughs> you know, where are you now? And where all these things that you were undertaking to do and improve, they've not actually come to fruition. But I'm also glad to say that what's also improved that some of the yoga students actually have started to include diversity and inclusion as part of their training course. And I'm actually, on some of those as well so that again is where you can see some of the, the studios in yoga have started to do imp- implement changes that are longer term so it's nice to see that it wasn't just all talk and no action in that respect so those are some of the things I've, I've seen and I've seen as well that they're in teaching the diversity and inclusion I've seen that there are a lot more people that want to 
make their offerings as, as future teachers more inclusive. So that's something else I've seen. And I think what I saw as well, that a lot of people were afraid in case they did something wrong and got called out. So having this available has given them their voice and a way in which they're able to, to do it in a way where they, they don't feel that they're harming somebody in it and, and, and the language to use. Because people don't know what to say, you know, in terms of without offending somebody, you know, and to be aware maybe that they, they have biases. And some people do acknowledge that, but you have to point it out. And they'll also privilege because not a lot of people realize they have a privilege. So that's what I try to use my platform to do to educate and to show that yoga, as you know, is for everybody. It doesn't matter your shape, your size, your color, your age, it's for everybody. I, I believe that we're all born yogis. You know, you see a baby on their back with their big toe in their mouth doing happy baby pose. And that to me is, is, is shows everyone that, you know, your body is designed to move firstly, but also yoga is the closest sort of functional movement that enables us to do that. And I love what you mentioned there as well, just going back to the to the yogis, but also to almost like this, the, I call it the foundations, mm -hmm. because I love that mentioning and obviously the work that goes within that of the training that actually can be done by the studios or by the schools yeah. to actually support the teachers so that mm -hmm. they feel they're also supported by their schools, again, or by the, the, the training or whatever it is. Because I think it's very important, and I love that you mentioned that is also the inclusion from you know the teacher perspective to feel comfortable and to understand how can they make whether it's the whole class or the elements of the class um, almost more welcoming to the different people that want to join them. And I find that it's great that individuals want to do that and they actually are building that system for themselves. Yeah. But when the bigger players actually take that responsibility, it means that it's not just the individual teachers. You can teach. 20, 50, 100 people that come to your door and that exactly. becomes part of the practice from day one. Exactly. And that's why I love what I do as well, Fab, because there's only one of me and it's not my responsibility for everyone, but being able to disseminate, disseminate that information to others, that's how we can make the world, or the yoga space a much better space. But, but in terms of changes, though, there's certain things that haven't changed because you know there was the report that came out this year saying that there was no institutional racism so in some instances we, we have a long way to go look at the treatment of megan you know with what the, she went through and, and recently what um with the tennis player recently so we still have a long way to go in terms of the treatment of people of color and things like that. But at least the, I'd say the conversation has started and it's on a wider scale. But so for me, the start is there, it's how we take it forward. Can I ask you something about also using, especially the, on, the online platforms? Again, it's just that that's one of the things that a lot of people see as well. And when yeah. they had to kind of interact also for a while because we couldn't do much else. Yeah. When it comes to also, I'm working on amplifying other people's voices as well. What have you found that has been something that has been helpful and something that has been actually powerful? And would you say that there's also, you know, is also something that people get comfortable with and they find their own way to do it? Yeah. Again, going back to what you mentioned as well, and obviously like the Blackout Tuesday and that is, as you say, there's the performative side, but it's also yeah. the way to do it. And I think, as you say, a lot of people are still scared or yeah, yeah, yeah. to find their way. Yeah. Um, one example that happened was a friend of mine. She's a fellow yoga teacher. I, she, she was my student, actually. And I think she was a, approached by an online magazine to write a piece. 
and she actually declined the offer and 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 sent and then I think and then she actually sent an email I can't remember how it was done and she she sort of said um I'm gonna decline but I'm very grateful for the opportunity but here are some teachers of color whose voices that you could share and she did that and actually came to me and they wrote a piece and I was able to share about my experience as a, a, a teacher of color so that's one of the ways in which she's done so she silenced her voice to allow others to have a, a platform and that's happened numerous times where people have done that as well where they've given me their platform for the day whether it's in Instagram where they've you know I've taken it over for a day so I can actually share my voice so that, that their community can know more about me so they're diversi diversifying their feed in a very genuine way and a very important authentic way as well and I love actually you know what you mentioned especially what your friend did I think it's it's something that on a personal scale we do when it comes to the magazine just because again it's my journalist hat on mm. I always looking for more people to talk to and to get to know mm. and I realize that if you never ask let's say you know if you don't ask people that you know or even people that you admire and you know they they will understand and connect with your message if you never ask them have you got anybody else you can recommend is there yeah. anybody from your network yeah. then you will always talk to the same people so yeah. you can go on to a little hunt obviously you can look as well but sometimes the easiest thing you can do is just ask the people that you know and that you trust yeah are there people that i can support are there people that have an incredible story that i wouldn't know about and once we do that proactively you can actually connect with dozens of people every single month by just doing that and i love exactly yeah, and there are other people doing that. So there might be like a blog post where people have followed me and they say, here are people that I recommend you follow. And that's it. So again, amplifying the voice. And it's a simple post. It's very easy to do. They put it in their stories and people like to say, oh, thank you. I've been looking for teachers to follow or whatever, you know? So that's how it's been. And it's still being done now. I think even yesterday, someone um, put down a post about those of us that are really doing the work, you know, trying to diversify yoga or the well-being space so it's still nice that to be acknowledged and it's not it's not why I do the work but it's nice then when someone recognizes the work that you're doing and you and shows you appreciation in that way and it goes back to that conversation as well that because wellness and we've both been in the space for quite a long time I think yeah. has been for such a long time having associations and we also talked about and I love that we talked about a bit of diet culture and and losing weight and some of the associations that we have with certain things yeah it goes back also a bit about your book and if you can tell us a bit more what's about already <laughs> uh, but you know all of these associations that we're building and I think especially because and this is from a personal perspective I see a lot of people realizing that our health is also our wealth and therefore well-being is an attachment to that because man body spirits and all of that but there's still an idea that in order to be healthy you have to either look a certain way yeah, exactly very restrictive because you're like well how can I do that yeah. or you have to be a certain way or do a certain thing yeah. still we like to think that it's not but it's yeah. still that way yeah and you know and I think what it is though Fab it's about representation because if you look at the 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 image you see of a yogi in mainstream is someone white tall young slim their leg behind their head so, so people that instantly going to say they come to me oh I can't do this or they come I can't start this because I need to lose something or be something before they even get on the yoga mat. And that's not true. And that's why I use my platform to, to flip the script, to show diverse bodies in that respect. And that's what I teach, you know, because I say, you know, you can't be what you can't see to let people understand that what you put out there is important. You know, you might repurpose something, but what, you know, think about 
why you put something out there before you put it, you know, and then that is the way we can change it. And hopefully we'll change the mainstream, but it's, it's nice to see some of the brands now are doing it. Some it's performative, but some you can see they are making a concerted effort to, to make their offerings for everybody. So it's nice to see that in, in, in that respect. But, you know, as I said to anyone, everything is movement. We're designed to move. We're born to move. Stop a baby from moving and see what happens. But it's finding something that you love doing, you know, move your body because you love it, not because you hate it. And that's another thing that we're seeing. And that's what I am trying to change with the mindset. And that's what, you know, I, that's why, you know, I, I'll talk to anyone to, to, to change the image of well-being because well-being should be everyone's birthright. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And with what's going on with COVID, you know, you know, and, and, and exercise is a good way to help us to be healthy and to keep well and this associated with the way you look and health they don't go together and it's becoming very much synonymous, synonymous in the well-being space you know because I'm slim it doesn't mean I'm healthy I could be smoking 600 cigarettes a day you know and I could be the most unhealthy person someone that's curvy can have one chip in their hand and the looks and the comments they get it, it needs to be changed and we need to move away from that mindset that you know the way you look you can't you can't judge someone health status purely by looking at them i wanted to ask you actually related to this because a lot of your work and i find that a lot of what we do then pours into like the process of of, of writing mm. but also then it's kind of weird then it goes back full circles like the writing in itself and putting our work into into word then yeah. helps reflecting about how far we've come i don't know if you've had that if it's just me i'm a weird cat but i find it's kind of a cathartic experience and i wanted to hear a bit more about that we we're talking about of hair like starting out with all the yeah. editing and stuff yeah. so can you tell us a bit more about that and how it ties in with everything that you're talking about and everything that you want to change and encourage that change well, for me, Fab, you know, yoga was something that I didn't even ever consider doing. It was a friend of mine saw a picture of Madonna in one of the papers and said, let's try it. And I did and still didn't even know what it meant. You know, for me, yoga was the asana, which everyone, you know, that's the face of yoga. That's the first thing you see. But I became ill with Bell's palsy and the yoga helped me to heal. So I began to see the more holistic side of it. And because of that, Fab, I was able to move out of a corporate job that I didn't like. You know, I knew I didn't like it, but I didn't know there was something else I could do. And all my friends say, when I went to do some of my, tra my training, on, when I got on the plane to America, that I could change completely. But what I think happened was I came home to who I really was um, in that respect. So for a year or two, Fab, I just wanted to be a teacher because I burnt out in the corporate environment. So I just wanted to be like a hippie yoga teacher. I just turn up, rock up and teach, and that was it invoice my for my pay and that was all I wanted to do because I had so much responsibility in my previous job but in that time fab I began to see and I don't know if it's I think America was very instrumental in me becoming body positive because I was teaching diverse bodies and with different abilities but I didn't realize how, how unconsciously this was starting to impact me but when I came back to London I went for what should have been 11 weeks and stayed for six months so I was in this yoga bubble and um so I had an unofficial sabbatical which I would never have done if I was in the corporate world it was like me take this time off to travel around no it's not not in my makeup to do this type thing but I'm glad I got the opportunity but when I looked around the mat when I came back to London people said oh but I'm, I need to lose weight and I thought where you don't need to lose weight you're slimmer than me type thing and I began to look around and think but who's not here who's not in this space and it was when I read an article that was written by Deborah Coughlin and about her experience of, of going to yoga she's a curvy um, individual 
that when she went into a class, she was stared at by the other students and she's ignored by the teachers. And I didn't realize that how much that article impacted me until in months I was talking about it. My friends, well, shut up or do something about it. And that's where Kurt and the other came about. I didn't know what I was doing, Fab. I just knew that I wanted to reach curvy individuals. I didn't even look at myself and think, oh, but where are the black yogis? I just didn't really adapt. We didn't connect, but for that point, that was what I did. And as time went by, Fab, I went to where the yogis were and Kurt and Nega, I inadvertently found my niche without even planning it. And um, so I've been, been, been doing body positive yoga since about 2015, I think, was when, yeah, 2015, I'd say. And then in that time, Fab, my journey's kind of changed because um, another key point for me was when I was at the OM yoga show, they had International Yoga Day. And I thought, no one's going to turn up. I went there to do an interview for Yoga Matters. But no one's going to turn up. If, they, if I was like them, British summer, no sun, I'm going to go home at five o'clock. Last class, I'm going to go home. I'd go home. I had to teach. And what happened, Fab, when I went to teach that class, there were so many black yogis that had come out to support me. And they were like, Donna, we came to support you and you need to become more visible. And that was another key point, turning point for me because I needed to represent. And, um, and someone else mentioned it to me and at that point, I still didn't acknowledge what happened, but slowly but surely I had to start to become visible. So what I was doing was changing. So I was becoming more inclusive in another area as well in, in that respect. And, and yeah, and then fast forward to sort of last year, still doing all the body positive stuff, but what happened with George Floyd, I was then being asked to actually talk, share my experience, my lived experience as a black yoga teacher, for some yoga studios. And then from there, I started to do more DNI work and start helping yoga students and, and did the training and the reading um, in terms of that. So I've sort of, you know, from being body positive, but become an activist along the way, which was not intentional at all, you know, about social justice and about, you know, creating my own table. I've, I've stopped waiting to be invited to the table. Someone actually said today, it's bringing your own wood so you can create your own table. I didn't hear that term before, but bring your own wood. I thought, I like that, I'm gonna start using that one. But also what I did last year, another key point, Fab, was I was invited to be on a panel and it was called, I think it was Black Women in, Fit, in Fitness. And I was the only yoga in the panel. And I was in the room and I was hearing their experience, but also the attendees. And I began to see that there was a requirement to have space for black women because of the experience I had in the mainstream. And then what I did, I created or co-created last year online because of COVID, we couldn't do it in person, was the UK's first black fitness festival. So we did that with over 200 people, I think, join us online to, to address some of the, the needs in, 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 in wellbeing. So I'm, I'm pretty much a doer. Um, fab if I see there's anything I, I go and do it I still do what I'm doing now and, in, and now coming up to the book you know someone said to me my friend was asked do you know anyone that's got a, a, yo a yogi that maybe uh, something they would like to share my friend said don't know that's body positivity maybe speak to her and they, and they spoke to me and they said yeah that may work so I did I put the pitch in and I thought nothing of it I got the email saying, yeah, we think there's something we can do here. So I'm writing a book about body positive yoga for teachers to teach them how they can make their classes more inclusive, more diverse. And that's hopefully will come out sometime next year when I get that final manuscript. in. So it's almost there now. So once I get it in, because it takes a year, I think, to get it done. So it's almost there now. So now I'm going to be 
soon to be author, another thing to string to add to my bow that I never imagined doing fab. So I pretty much go with the flow. And when I do that, all these opportunities come in that I never even imagined or would have thought to do. I love that you mentioned that actually the going with the flow. And first of all, it's also the, um, the title one hour covers from last from July last year, very timely, um, as well with Janelle Lewis. And the reason why I love that is because I find that a lot of the times we we try to force opportunities, but you were so clear on what you wanted to focus on at the time, mm -hmm. even when it evolved and it adapted. And then the, the things and the opportunities will come to you because by you putting yourself out there and as you say, representing and being and also supporting and being that supporting space for other people, mm -hmm. then again, the friends would recommend you. People would think of you as a person that will be able to add something to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an excellent reminder for people when you're like, well, I don't know how I can fit or how I can find opportunities. When you're clear on your message and, yeah. you're, and you're wanting to share it and you're passionate about it and you bring the word, I'm going to use that as well. I like that one. Uh, then things will come and I think you're an excellent example of that so again thank you so much for all the work that you put in because these conversations need to happen yeah. and having a place to go to find the answers and the guidance is as important as yeah. that as well yeah. and that's so true because it's a less the less I wanted to control my path the more things happen organic and very easily it was like the book offer it wasn't like I went out and and what it was pitching ideas for a book it came and and with that it seemed almost too easy but now I know it's it's my path you know when things come easily it's meant to be and that's why it's like get out of my own way and and see what happens I know the next stage now I don't know what it's going to be but I know it's something bigger but I'm just sitting here waiting get the book out of the way and see what happens and and I and, and what I love now Gabby fab is i open my email and there's so many wonderful things that come through now without me having to search for that anymore because put yourself out there as you say and you don't know who's watching you know and they and if, they, if they, your message resonates with them they'll come to you and they want to work with you and that's what i'm finding very much now yeah that's, that's <laughs> amazing can i actually ask you though then from any perspective again whether it's reflection or stuff already like already the writing process and just the reflection is there one thing that actually that process of putting everything down into paper has taught you so far or something that kind of really stands out for you not to filter just let it all come out i think because i i wanted to edit and do and it took too long it's like i'm writing i'm trying to edit something. no just let it out and what's quite funny is that you don't know what's in your brain and because I was writing most of the book last year, a lot of anti-racism stuff was coming through in the book. So I went a bit off tangent, my, my publisher said, you went a bit off tangent, good point. And it's like, well, get this book out of the way, but there might be, that could be book number two. So it's like another book's come, potentially coming out because of that. But I didn't realize what was affecting me, especially going through what was with COVID. So it's really good. And it, and it reminded me of things that I'd forgotten. You know, it was almost like, even though it was, an, it was an autobiography, but because I was showing my journey a little bit, it reminded me that I was always an athlete. I, you know, I was really good at running. So me being in this field shouldn't be a total shock, but in a, you know, in a, in a more holistic way, but I was always predisposed to it. Because I used to do the 100 relay 
I've got high jump, hurdles, all the sprinting um, sports. I was awful with the javelin. My friends would run away from me because I'd throw it and it goes in another direction. So I was lethal with the javelin and the shot was like, I would have damaged something. So I was put away from the field. You know, I was track, track was my expertise. And now to run, I don't like running anymore, actually. There's a big lesson there as well with what you said. Um, going back, I'm thinking about the grapes as well, like thinking about the reflection and uh, the little things, the little questions that we ask ourselves, the little things that we do. And again, going back even to the beginning where we talked about, you know, what does really a yogi look like or what does it mean to be a yogi? Like even mindfulness in its own way, it, it can be a lot of things. And I find that when we're mindful in one way or another, when we reflect, as you say, we can actually see how our experiences have shaped yeah. some of the lessons that we've learned. And yeah. it almost reinforces the lessons, I think. And also maybe I want to ask you almost as a question, reflection and question at the same time, maybe helps us also bringing us back to our own path when we're tired or when we are a bit exhausted or when we need space for ourselves. So I was kind of wondering, what do you find that helps you? Because you're putting yourself out there for so many people, you're really giving so much, there's a lot of giving. Yeah. How do you find what works for you when it comes to actually bringing things back and, you know, just giving a bit of love to Donna instead? Yoga, yoga, because I love when I teach in person, especially Bikram, in a large space because the exchange of energy. So I can go into a room feeling like, I don't want to teach today, I'm really, and I'll come out energized because the, the class has energized me. So my yoga, I'll go on my mat and the yoga will energize me. And the, the yoga lets me, tells me how I'm feeling. Like, you know, if I go on my mat, fab, and I, I'm in Charles Pose or Sebastian, that's yoga too, just lying there. And that's what I say, if you want to come to my class and just lay there, that's yoga too, because yoga's breathing, community. There's so many different things. It's not about the asanas and that's what yoga gives me. It gives me the energy. And and I, I try to make sure now that I have so much self-care, like I have acupuncture, you know, I am now trying to, you know, organize my life in a way that I have more time off, that I, you know, that I'm not running around London, that I, you know, the lessons learned during the time off in the last 14 months, that I don't go back to type, that I'm not teaching, I never did teach 15 classes, I, I don't know that, you know, I'm not teaching 10 classes a week, you know, so it, I'm being smarter because I need, if I'm not in the best place, how can I give to my students the, the best experience with me? So you know, I have to take care of me to, to then help my family, friends, community and serve them the best way possible. So I do that. And I'm even now trying to slow down even more because to do, so I can concentrate on the things that I love doing a little bit more, you know? And, and I, you know, if I have the opportunity comes up and I can't do it, I pass it down to somebody else, I pass it down. So it doesn't have to mean that everything that comes in, you know, I've recently done an exercise um, to, to, make, to see what I'm aligned to so that when anyone comes to me, I can turn around and say, no, that's not any longer where I want to be. So at least then I know what still makes me happy, but I'm not getting bogged down. It's going back to the flow, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. going back to the flow also with saying yes or no. And it's something that I did a couple of, this is a podcast from 2019. We've been doing this for a while. Remember in one of, I remember that conversation because um, it's Bettina and, um, and Nikki Webster. And we're talking to the ladies and they both said, you know, it's been hard at the beginning to say no to opportunities because when you get opportunities and maybe you haven't got them because yeah. small people didn't know you or whatever, you want to say yes to everything. And I think there's actually a lot of 
courage and also respect to yourself when you learn how to say no. And I yeah. love what you mentioned there, when you can align your values, know exactly what to say yes to, which doesn't mean you say no to everything. Yeah. You're actually more mindful about what you say yes to because you can actually make the time for it. Exactly. And and, and, so they, and then you align yourself with brands because you know you say yourself and then someone's not aligned to you. And you have to be very careful because you can say yes, the wrong thing. And you don't know what the consequence of that's going to be. So taking the time to, you know, not saying yes, immediately sit back and see, is it taking you to where you want to go? And that's the thing, you know, and especially during this last 14 months, yoga teachers have become more empowered, but not everyone, I think, realizes that as well. That's the shift. But because I've done, I suppose I've been around a long time, Fab, I've seen that. So I now know that I won't be running around London like I used to. I can do, you know, things online now. You know, I've got an international client base now. And that's what I suppose being out there has allowed me to cultivate and grow organically without even trying to do so I love that I love that I, I'm really liking the fact that we went with this kind of going with the flow as part of like the way to actually find yeah. again because we have to do it sometimes especially when we really want to make a difference and we want to really support other people yeah. and have those conversations and you know we feel like well if that's what and I love what you said if that's what I've been doing that's what I should be doing but when you actually say actually this is now what I feel called to share or what I feel called yeah. to focus on yeah. uh, again I think it's also a kindness act that we're showing to ourselves. It and it's boundaries as well. It's boundaries. You need to give boundaries. And because of, of what I went through during my corporate time, when I, you know, I changed careers because it's like, you know, I wanted the house, the car, the job, all those things that everyone told me was going to be happy and I didn't. So now I'm doing things. I go with my gut more than I go with my brain because the brain will like, oh, do this now. It's nice, shiny. It's like, no, go with the gut. And that's not let me and my heart those don't let me down and that's where I've been able to trust more and more and more and, and lean into that more and more yay go with the gut go with the heart heart now I have the hardest question though I'm leaving it for last oh my gosh when we ask everyone all right we're ready Donna Bam. I'm ready I'm ready if you were to have brunch with anyone so you can have brunch with anyone dead or alive who would this one person be and why Martin Luther King, I think, because he's so inspirational and he is left a, a, a large legacy behind and he did it in a peaceful way. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, he showed that you don't have to battle, you know, in terms of fight, even though I'm not saying that doesn't help, but he, he was a statesman in, in terms of what he did. I absolutely love that. Donna, thank you. Thank you so, so much for taking the time. Thank you so, so much for having a chat with me. It's always lovely to talk to you as well. Thank um, you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And with all the questions you ask me, you get me on, you know, there's no prep work in this. You, you know, you get the real Donna here because I have to think of. <laughs> that's what I want. That's what we want. And, you know, that, that's what, what that's where the goodness comes because yeah. I am really able to kind of see. And, you know, you've it's been a big, big journey. And, and I know that you know how, how much you've helped and support people. So again, I commend you for that once again. And if people want to find out more about you, though, let's now not forget this bit. If people want to check you out, where should they be going? What are the best places to hit you up? At? Instagram, God, Clubhouse as well. Um, social media, Donna Noble Yoga or Kursum Yoga or the website, thenobleartofyoga.co.uk. But I'm all over socials. Google me. I'm not, and I, again, not the Doctor Who character. 
the dollars. I'm gonna, say. I'm, gonna claim, I'm gonna claim that name back. I'm taking it back. Taking it back. Sorry, Kate. Not today. Yeah, not today. Yeah, not today. Yeah, but thank you, family. It's been wonderful to to chat with you and connect with you once again. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at Creative Impact Co. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.